chapter 20. We made it episode 20, technically 21, because we do a recap right in the middle, which throws off the numbering for the rest of the season. This is... This is the second Christmas we've had. I'm sorry, the third Christmas we've had in the pandemic. The third Christmas we've had in the pandemic. You're talking about live show Christmases, right? No, I'm just talking like I but, look forward to the last chapter of a book. Okay, I get and what like, you're saying. Like now. I do, yeah. like a boy, like a kid before Christmas morning. Like I'm so excited. So we finished book three in the yeah. pandemic. Then we had actual Christmas in December. Oh yeah, we did, baby. And now this is bonus Hardy Boys Missing Chums Christmas. Oh, yeah. And Sean, this is the best Christmas ever because I'm so excited to be done with this story. <laughs> this is, of the four that we've read, far and away the worst. <laughs> that It's got, I'm not going to tell you the line, but my favorite ending line of anything ever. It's I'm so I'm aware bad. of that and I'm prepared for that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say at this point. How have how have you changed as a man in the 20 weeks that we've been reading this book? Like oh, I'm trying to think when we started. Question. This would have been back in what? October? Yeah. Oh lord. Yeah, different time. Different what, time. What were you totally like in October? Time. I don't know. Me in October. Well, I uh, I got heavily into sound waves since then, somatics, so the, the study of how either sand or water or non-Newtonian liquids move to, uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> at long last, at long last. You figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> I can cue the music, and you can hear it. Oh, I love this. So you got the soundboard set up. I got the soundboard set up. Oh, my God. What kind of wacky sound effects you got on this thing? Do you I got was expecting it to take longer than three minutes to find us going down a tangent that I could just cut off with the theme. <laughs> but as you started talking about sand physics or something, I was like, I think this is when I press it. <laughs> I that's, the per- that's usually when I talk to my friends when they press it in their mind. I had a friend, Colin, who one time just in the middle of me talking goes, David. I go, yeah. He goes, I don't care. And I was just like, I was a little broken on the inside. But I was like, you know what? That's fair, man. I, I really applaud you for being yeah, honest Yeah, respect with the me. honesty. Yeah. So I just said, never talk to Colin about things like this. So we so, just continue to talk about Dennis Dugan and video games and things like that. So yeah, and now I have the power <laughs> to right, indicate my disinterest <laughs> <laughs> with a little bit of the How many to <laughs> <laughs> say how many times are I gonna hear that theme song this entire show? That's Is up to you. That's entirely control? up to you. That's what's going on now. I it's think got we're tangent due, control. As we start the fifth season. So we we've got this finale. Um, we don't currently have a live show planned for next week. No, I've been thinking too. I don't have any ideas outside yeah. of Bagel Shoe doing an hour long performance. Yeah. Or uh, Bagel Horn. That's Bagel Shoe. You're right. I, okay, Bagel Horn isn't bad though. Yeah, I like Bagel Horn. Bagel but Shoes, Bagel Horn. I like it. Yeah, I do. I mean, too. that's the idea right there. I can text him. Yeah, you should. I, there's something there. 
But yeah, I'm trying to, the problem with our live shows is what makes them great is the effort of other people. Yep. And so it becomes, I I feel bad asking like, Hey, we have this live show for a podcast that no one has been listening to. Will you dedicate a lot of time and energy to this? And, and we had so many people do the last one and help out and like throw some serious talent behind that such a variety of act last time was perfect. And I just, that scares me from doing it again. Yeah. That's like, very I wanna, true. I don't want to nudge perfection. Well, the last one was fate. big. I mean, we had musical acts. We had some strange Enya PowerPoint act <laughs> yeah. with Josh. We had chainsaw carvings. We had a, Baking demonstration, baking gone awry. demonstration, yeah. A DJ, we had a DJ spinning, yeah. Yeah, it was that solid was awesome. stuff. Yeah. How do we top that? We can't. I mean, that yeah. was we we chose the the best of the best for that, and now it's like we're just left with the scraps. You know, the second worst player on a ultimate frisbee team. That's yeah. all that we got. And some guy who can't tell stories on a set without people telling him to stop. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the dream team that you're left with. And the worst thing is, it wasn't a set. We were just hanging out. It was just friends <laughs> hanging out. And I was told just to stop talking. It's like He wasn't even paid to be there. <laughs> no. He, he was just uh, a close friend. It was, it was, I do have to hurt. say, on the subject of our listenership, um, that... I made the mistake. I got a new computer, and when I set it up, I didn't add the Hardy and Sons email to Uh, this new computer, and I just assumed that those emails were being forwarded. I forgot that I had it set up independently. And so I realized that, and I finally logged in, and there were a few messages that had come in that I had not responded to, and I feel bad about that because uh, we don't get a lot of attention. And when we do, I would like to address it, recognize it, and and be grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, and so once again, Matt sent a message. Ooh, um, what do you say? Saying that he's been into the Hardy Boys books lately. He's been reading a little bit at night to detach from the world. Yeah. Like, to sort of wind down and, and enter a different <laughs> oh, this reality. Will do it. And he said he's really glad that we too preach about how bonkers they are <laughs> because they are just horrible people. And if you tried to convince yourself that that was right yeah you would these, be in a bad place these should not be read by children these books should be read by two adults who pick them apart i mean that's that is the demographic for the hardy boys books yeah we are we should be <laughs> we are bullies and yeah. that's the right way to do this i agree 100 percent. and you should let what was uh matt was it matt yeah i thought it was matt uh you should let matt know that he should read the originals because the kids are even worse yeah, um, and we're going to do – and actually, I have a message about that as well. But um, Kamish, Kamish also sent us a message in Love mid-January. Me some Kamish. Um, and he said that we inspired him to start a podcast in Denver Ooh. about the students in his uh, portfolio school he's working on. Um, and it's uh, – we in episode seven – at around 52 minutes and 48 seconds, he says, I mentioned you guys. I hope you don't mind me riding on the coattails of your fame. <laughs> so we are famous. Yes, I knew it. I need to check the stats to see if we got a bump in listenership in Denver. How many uh, unique viewers from Denver do we have now? Yeah, I guess that he sort of outed himself because if there's, if there's only one... Yeah. Or, you know, 
if or if there's zero now, we just know that he's not actually listening anymore. <laughs> Which is fine. True. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but the last email, the third email, came from uh, our good friend Peter. Oh yeah, now we're talking. Subject: the real McCoy. Ooh, now we're definitely talking. Um, and he said. Uh, so he's been reading a bit more about Elijah McCoy. Um, Elijah McCoy, he was um, doing some research on Michigan railroads and found out that there was a, a uh, an inventor raised in Ypsilanti named Elijah J. McCoy that patented the first automatic lubrication system for, for locomotives and other machinery, a device so effective that it was difficult to sell imitations that weren't, quote, the real, the real McCoy. McCoy. Nice. Um, so he said he's not how he's not sure how well researched that uh, that information was, but he found it. Uh, and he also said he's uh, continuing to look for uh, originals for us. Oh, he's such a sweet man. Yeah. Thank so, you, uh, Peter. I'm excited to get until we do have an original of the missing chums. Thanks to Peter. Yes. And I so, cannot wait to dive into that. Yeah. So we're gonna finish this chapter. We're going to do some sort of live show. Yeah, something will happen. Even if it's 10 <laughs> minutes of, of nonsense. I would like to have a Brett Hoy art class where he does an original art piece for the Hardy and Sons, but apparently he doesn't want to help out his friends. Classic Brett. Classic Hoy. I guess it's okay for us to just berate him now and for me to hop on board because he doesn't listen anymore. Yeah, he gave up. I was only on nice to him because I thought he was a listener. He gave us some <laughs> sweet, sweet ad revenue. No, once we got him famous with Pizza Party Polly, hey, it's Pizza Party Polly. I forget the the inflection was always wrong. I forget how he did it. Was it? Yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, he, like, he, had a, he has a gift. Uh, pizza Party Polly. Something that's why, weird. That's why he made it. That is exactly. He can yeah, do it. it's his unique twist. You know, he took what we taught, which is a very generic workshop. Let's be honest, okay? We teach you the basics, the fundamentals, the groundworks. Cue the music. Yeah. And Brett, and just, if we're <laughs> being honest, it's a money grab. It's Our definitely heart is a not money in grab. It. No, we hate yeah. it. All thirty-six hours of it, nonstop. I mean, it kills us. I hate it. Is it is my least favorite part of every weekend doing that workshop? Yeah, but luckily, you know that is a uh, a uh, subscription fee so you pay that 200 every hour on the hour so that's what keeps us going in the class yeah uh, i will say that our revenue that we're making from the ads on this show so far over the lifetime is now such an amount that the money i paid for this soundboard software and the ability <laughs> to route my audio this way is only five times greater than the amount of ad revenue we've made in the show so far in its entirety. So exciting stuff. Not stop. bad. Not bad at all, Sean. Pretty, pretty soon you could check out and we can have a whole quarter to flip. Oh. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Speaking of quarters, uh, when I was in the biology lab my junior year... See... It, it, it See, definitely I'm, works. I'm not it, immune. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, is right, Sean. It's so good. Such a good theme song. Oh, I was going to say, I think we're ripe for a remix. I think it's time to take the song 
and give it a little hip hop urban flair maybe for a season. Maybe oh. switch it up a little bit. You know what? Add some my my one issue with it, and I think it's a technical issue and not an issue with the composer, but it lacks bass. It doesn't lacks have bass. that sweet, thick thump. You're a bassman. I've I've always known slap. that about you. Yeah, you want yeah. it slapping. Now I, here's I'm the looking thing. at a bass right now. I'm looking at something called Hunting for Hidden Gold. Why don't we come up with the idea of the theme right now of what we think this book is about? Is this like a pirate-themed? Should we do nautical? I mean, you want something funky, so like a 70s, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the soundtrack like a Caribbean, of this like the, uh, oh, yeah, the xylophone like... style, like marimba? <laughs> yeah. A little pirate-like nautical-themed. Pirates, perhaps, of a Caribbean era or of some some uh, some place of the Caribbean. Or is it more the feel like with the uh, with the old mill where it's just sort of country bumpkins out in the middle of nowhere, like old smugglers or something. And we go with more Ooh. of like a deliverance bluegrass feel. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Ooh, this is tough. I don't know. I know. We should, we should call we it do? now because Dan's not going to have a lot of time to make this theme song. <laughs> Well, think about it. I don't want to commit. This is a lot of pressure right now. This is our last episode of the season, and according to my math, it should be our best. People have been looking forward to this, and I don't want to disappoint. Well, then that brings us to chapter Chapter 20. 20. (laughs) Ambushing Ambushing the the enemy. enemy. (laughs) Our our roles were reversed there. I I feel great. I feel good about this, Sean. Welcome to the. It's on. It's at the very bottom. It's at the very bottom. You know how many no, times that, I've heard that. <laughs> I'm always like middle of sixty two. Yeah, middle of sixty two. <laughs> I just don't see it. <laughs> uh, so when we last left them, the boys were uh, thrown in a cave on Hermit Island by uh, Nick Stark and Pops. Maybe I believe um, it was Pops. And uh, they ran into a body inside the back of this cave, which turned out to be Mr. French. Yeah, and then I got my favorite line. Jumping catfish. Was that in the end of the last one? Yeah. Yeah, It's exactly. Jumping catfish, Joe whispered hoarsely, which Joe is doing some furious whispering in these last two chapters. This man is is definitely a harsh whisperer. If there's one thing to be said about Joe, it's the man loves to whisper. I also like to think that that's his catchphrase, jumping catfish, and like when he says it, everybody's like, jumping catfish. The excitement on your face was amazing. <laughs> so yeah. E- okay. I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. Keep them rolling, Sean. You got to jump in catfish. It's Mr. French. <laughs> okay. They actually, that was a bit low energy for what I was hoping. It's okay. It was a, it was a good chuckle. It was a recycled laugh. Jumping catfish. Oh. Okay. Let me let me take this one. Jumping. Okay. <laughs> Something. Jumping catfish. <laughs> was that was okay. that a Jerry Springer? Yeah, pretty much. I liked it. Yeah. 
These are it's great sounds. Yeah, it's these are stuff. high quality. HQ, baby. You know it. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us to chapter 20, which we already said. Uh, so right I, off the, the bat, yeah, you're Joe in charge. is just in amazement. Mr. French, what happened? I didn't know. <laughs> I'm watching your face and I'm like, okay, is this a, is something going to happen here? I don't know. I'm going to pause. So, okay. This is yeah. just chaos and anarchy. This is like waiting for the rhyme. Like I was all, already myself. nervous about waiting for rhymes throughout the entire, you know, podcast. Now I'm waiting for soundboards. Uh, so painfully, the costume dealer drew himself yeah! <laughs> to a sitting position. <laughs> It was terrible, he answered shakily. Where am I? I was blindfolded by men who brought me here. That was my quivering and shaking. That's good. That's good. That's real good. Um, so they explain basically the robbery to him. They're yes. like, yeah, hey, you're on Hermit Island. You were taken here um, by the gang. And then the little information that we didn't get in Chapter 19 from the beautiful confession... Um, yeah. By by Fritz Stark. <laughs> the holes are filled in here. The gaps are filled in by Mr. French, who's explaining, like, they came in to uh, to buy masks to rob the bank. Mr. French went to get them, and while he was getting them, they, he could overhear that they were talking about robbing the bank, and so he said something, and then they were like, well, now you know too much, so we got to cap. So that's how this whole thing went awry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they were threatening, and we'll kill you. Uh, yeah, they, they said, even they'll said kill me kill and harm family. my family if they talk, if I talked. So he sent his family away for safety and to just sort of have some personal space for once in a while. Yeah, and he really needed it. 41 years they've been married. 41. Same, same two-bedroom apartment for 41 yeah. Years. Send Every the night, family away, Mr. French. Same leftover meatloaf. He was just like, how is it still leftovers? Uh, when did it? you bake the original? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Is your recipe strictly for leftover? You stop buying your meat from Rocco. She, the problem is she bakes a fresh meatloaf, but she's like, ah, we still have some leftovers left, so we can't eat this yet. Ah, that one goes into storage. And the it's leftover just this paradox. cycle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like I the fishes and the loaves. Yeah. <laughs> the meats and the loaves. <laughs> so, Sean, this finally gives us closure. The closure we've been waiting for for so long. Joe asks sympathetically, why did you come to our house that night? And Mr. And French gives his response. And Mr. Take French away, says, Sean. I don't know. <laughs> Seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. Uh, no, he says, the other morning, they began to use my store as one of their meeting places and told me to give my assistant a short vacation. I heard them bragging they were going to kidnap you and your brother. Later, something snapped inside me. Robbery is bad enough, but I couldn't <laughs> let them get away with kidnapping no matter what they did to me. So I went to tell your father everything. But Frank and I answered the door, Joe prompted. Ghosts! Yes. And when I saw you, you were safe, it confused me. <laughs> Besides, I had a strange feeling I was being followed. I didn't know what to do, so I, I came away without telling my story. 
Yeah, there this it is. This is, by the way, his moth story. What's a moth story? Like Mothman prophecies? Like Richard oh, Gere? No, never mind. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't get a. You're welcome. In biology. And, and, and to the other listeners, if you're not yet familiar with the Moth Podcast, check out the Moth Podcast. It is just storytelling. Okay. But they do these these moth events. Well, they used to when it was safe to do so, and like it's a lot of times amateur and first time storytellers. But they work with these people and train them so that they're good at telling their story in front of a crowd and stuff. And they're always like good stories, like heartfelt and well curated. Nice. Um, but there's typically an entertaining moment sometimes, uh, just a short story that ends with this like great little takeaway of like the meaning of life summed up after like, oh, someone spilled cocktail sauce on me. Yeah. So you always remember to not judge your friends. Nah, so it's like an episode of South Park. <clears throat> yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um, but so him ending this with, I didn't know what to do. So I came away without telling my story. Thank you. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I yeah, can I was going to say, where is it at? Thank you. <laughs> it's a very tepid, small audience. Tepid applause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were asleep. It's just the that. Hardys there who were clapping for him. That's what that was. <laughs> Chet, hooping and hollering. Yeah. Biffing. So, um... Joe asks what happened after that, and he tells him that, you know, Fritz Stark and Nick Laser came to the shop early yesterday, and he got his nerve back and told them he'd spill everything if they didn't leave him alone. And uh, this turns out you don't is, say that to criminals who yeah, kidnap people. This is another great explanation of two things I don't care about of the <laughs> <laughs> of the secret knock. And the skeletons in the window, and like when they revealed it, I was just like, I don't care. The I secret don't care. knock. Yeah, and and they're both so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if if I may take Mr. French again. Oh yeah. Stark said they'd let me alone if I did two things for them. First, he made me put the gorilla and the magician suits in the windows. Now, famously, those are the masks that uh, the Hardy Boys wore. Yeah. To the party. Which also, uh, what, Biff and Chet also wore Biff similar and Chet ones. Biff also wore similar stories. Yeah. Um, and so that was not a symbol about the Hardy Boys or anything like that. Uh, that was a signal to the rest of the thieves to knock three times at the back door. Yeah. So the thieves <laughs> all knew, hey, like this is like Paul Revere, like one if by land, two if by sea. Yeah. This is that, <laughs> only it's like if there's... One gorilla and one magician suit in the window. Then you knock three times. And I want to know what the other options were. <laughs> I would like to see a breakdown of the chart of like, well, okay, if, if there's right, a if mermaid. The skeleton, yeah. If there's a mermaid and like a, a 19 or a 1700s lawyer, then you knock four times. Yeah. 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 And if there if there's like a construction worker and a really, really tasteless Native American outfit, <laughs> that's five times on the side door. Yeah. And then if you got a, a MacGyvered outfit where you got a snorkel, you got an a PVC and an pipe pick. and an avocado and an ice pick. Yeah. That means to go in the back, bust out the guitar, start playing some Ted Nugent and just chillax, you know? 
And then they'll let you in. And then they'll let you in. Yeah. yeah. But watch out for the scavengers. Um, yeah. So I feel like this whole signal three, we think that means knock three times. And they knocked three times and the door opened. This is still the most unsatisfying, like, like even the fizzle soda, like finding a fizzle soda. And like we find out that Pops likes fizzle soda, obviously. Like yeah. he confessed to it in the last <laughs> chapter. Even with all that, like that's still more like, okay. That's sort of a fulfillment. This is just a guess that that the two words signal three mean that you would knock on a door three times. They knocked on the door three times and someone opened it, which I think if you knock any number of times yeah, on a door, you shouldn't be surprised it. if it was opened. I fully agree with that. So, But the author loved this so much, <laughs> he saved it for last. This was the last was one of the big little reveals. mystery. Yeah. <laughs> This is what we've been waiting for, the payoff. And when you find out about the magician in gorilla suit, it does not have any tie-ins with Frank and Joe or Chet and Biff. It is strictly two costumes picked at random. Sheila, listen, two costumes picked at random, put into the windowsill for the triple knock, not a two knock, not a one knock, a thrice knock. Sheila, stop <laughs> Avoiding eye contact. <laughs> yeah! Thank you. Accent class, baby. Well deserved. Thank you. <laughs> so yes, that that is the thing that it was just random costumes that they picked to throw into the windowsill, which is very upsetting. Uh, Joe laughed grimly. Yes, to plan to kidnap Frank and me. I guess that's why they used our costumes in the window. It doesn't seem no. like that has anything to do with it. This, no. The costumes meant knock three times. Yeah, it had nothing. It, they were the most recently returned costumes. That's why they were put up there. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, get those two costumes on the shelf there. Hey, now put them in the window. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Should it, I put it, these it'll in be a, a signal. No, it'll be a signal. A we'll make signal. it a signal. People are going to know. They're going to know to knock three times. If they don't know by the two costumes, we also wrote a note next to them that says, hey, knock three times if you see these costumes. And we're kidnapping Frank and Joe Hardy tonight, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sons of the world-famous Detective Fenton Hardy. Ah, so they uh, after that... Uh, they had Mr. French sell three radios to the hi-fi shop since they had stolen the Yokohama radios, the hi-fis. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing I remember is they, uh, they, I came into this cave and was trying to break loose and jump out. They must have slugged you, he said. Mm. So, yeah, as, as he came out, oh, I'm sorry. So Glazer walked down to the hi-fi shop with me and waited on the sidewalk. And as I came out, Stark drove up in their car, forced me to get in and blindfolded me. And then they took him to Hermit Island. Yeah, so he has no idea where he's at. Also, if you're on Hermit Island, he had to blindfold you, throw you in a boat, right? And then take you to the island. Yeah, he sort of glazed over that part. The last oh, I thing I remember before this cave was trying to break loose and jump out. Oh, yeah. Right. You you forgot walking up the hill? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Or he did. I don't know what happened. I'm confused. Well, like uh, he, when you land at Hermit Island, like they had to go up that huge, 
They had to go up that huge oh, like yeah. thing where Tony hurt his where foot. Tony, and yeah, where they tried to. Mr. French has no with... recollection of that. <laughs> he just remembered feeling a tight, constricting sensation on his waist and hearing men take off their belts. <laughs> That's them lifting him up, Sean, is what I'm going for. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, the mediocre clap. I still have the ability to not actually add any of these sound effects in post. Oh, yeah. I guess you can take them all out because they're on a separate track, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, and that would be funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Our first episode with the soundboard is only for us. <laughs> Deny you, the audience. You haven't earned it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Sean, that should be a tier. X amount of listeners for one episode. Then you can unlock hearing what we hear. <laughs> There's the Let's bring the Patreon back. Let's bring it back, upload, baby. Upload the podcast to Patreon with full sound effects. Oh, that's killer. I love the, this idea. The, the episodes that go public just have long gaps of silence <laughs> in them. You Some even are extend them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our podcast goes from an hour to a five-hour-long episode, four hours of silence. Remind me to talk to you about something after the podcast related to this. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. So, um, but what good will it do you to know all this, Mr. French said despairingly. We'll never get out of here alive. These men mean business. So do we. <laughs> Joe promised grimly. In rapid whispers, he told the despondent man how he and Frank, by offering themselves as bait, had trapped Ben Stark and his two henchmen. Rapid whispers is the greatest action movie name I have ever heard. Can you Ooh. imagine that? Joe Hardy, this summer in Rapid Whispers. See, I was thinking it'd be a cool name for a band, but call it Rabid. Whiskers, oh, whispers, <laughs> or whiskers. Yeah, it's Hell. like rabbit whiskers, but the the rabbit rabbit whiskers, or yeah. rabbit rabbit whiskers. Either way, it's gold. It's very gold. And it, for it our, works our for Hardy anything. Boys themed Spotify channel, we might have stumbled onto onto a winner <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, so, but we haven't been able to find Chet and Biff. Oh yeah, I forgot those two are missing as well. Do you know where they are? Ask the blindfolded man who said I was knocked out. They hit me I on the head. I probably have a concussion. The last thing I remember was selling radios. <laughs> yeah. No, have you I seen don't our know where your Jet friends are. Yeah, they're right here. We were <laughs> yeah. just playing Go Fish before you got here. <laughs> got a deck of Uno. Imbeciles. <laughs> I wish Mr. French suddenly took that sense of humor. I do, too. just like... Are Chet and Biff in here? Yeah, you don't see them? <laughs> you don't see them? They're right here. We're all having a good time talking together, you idiots. <laughs> and Frank and Joe would believe him, too. They would think there's something wrong with, you know, what wavelengths they can see. Chet, I hope you can hear me. I can't <laughs> see you, but I know you're there. My rods and cones, they're currently <laughs> not active. Mr. French just has his cell phone out filming them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> These idiots. This is going on TikTok. This is going on TikTok. You're darn Just like at a clock. Just like at a clock. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do not have basically anything for like the next three pages. It just gets plot heavy. Yeah. So they're noticing that, uh, that the guys keep, uh, who are guarding, 
the the cave, uh, Stark and Pops keep passing and repassing before the entrance, which I would have written the sentence passing back and forth, not yeah. passing and repassing. I've never heard repassing before. You haven't? It's like when you have a sharing bowl, you, you, you pass and repass. Oh, that makes sense. But no, I've never heard that. No, it's because it it's never forth. been said. Yeah. Because it's never been said outside. Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. <laughs> I feel like Oprah. That is Oprah, right? Or is it Ellen? Who gives people cars? That's Oprah. Oprah. It was Oprah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And stay tuned for season five because Hardy and Sons might be giving away a car. Yeah! <laughs> Accessories not included. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, thank this you. This software, I just have a, a button that I can click to fade out in the middle. Like, if I don't oh, want to just neat. hard stop it, I yeah. can just... Uh, yeah! That's a good fade. We don't fade. have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty gnarly fade. Worth every bit of the $6,000 I spent. Well, yeah. I mean, that's thank you, Patreon, for all $6,000 over the last three years. <laughs> since we've turned off the Patreon. <sighs> so uh, so I haven't seen those two guys outside for the last 10 minutes. Do you think something is up? And I think this is a good spot to take a break because we're about to get into some action. Yeah. This chapter is called Ambushing the Enemy. <laughs> and so you can rest assured at some point they will do something similar to ambushing an enemy. Someone is getting KU'd. Caillute? Caillute? <laughs> and with that, the boys, the boys took a break. Take a break. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Now I I'm love waiting. it. I'm on edge. I'm on edge. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it, yeah. Especially us. So and we're back. Yeah, when we last left them, uh, the book was about to resolve. Um, so the guards weren't guarding anymore. They hadn't oh, seen guards. the guards in about ten minutes. Uh, we're supposed to be guards. Oh, guards. So the three prisoners stiffened, all senses alert. Shh. Joe hissed suddenly. Listen in the distance. Oh, I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> in the distance, they heard a motorboat. That's a big one, Jerry whispered excitedly. <laughs> Sounds like a cutter, which I love. I love we're getting back to the cutters. See, this is again where I wish, like the, uh, like the Lulu, like that this was just an expression that we hadn't, like that this wasn't a type of boat. It's like, oh, that one sounds like a real cutter. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I wish this a, wasn't an actual, an actual nautical term. I wish it was something that... Franklin just made up. He's like, you know what? Whenever I see a sailboat like that go through the water, it cuts through it like a, a hat knife on a, Parmigi a Parmesan cheese. <laughs> or Franklin in grade school like had an incident where like he accidentally cut his pants so that the crotch was missing on accident <laughs> with his scissors and everyone called him the cutter. And it was just like they made fun of him. He that nickname in a college. Yeah. He was just the cutter because he had accidentally exposed himself embarrassingly yeah. in grade school with his scissors. And hey, he's cutter, like, you know what? You, 
I'm going to make Cutter cool. Cutter's <laughs> going to be a cool thing now. Like if it's like a cool boat, it's a Cutter. Yeah. And everyone will respect me. They call it the cool Cutter. And they all asked, Franklin, why don't you wear undergarments? Because the Cutter doesn't do that. Yeah! <laughs> I do like the Cutter, though, as a name for like a, the bad boy character. You know, like a Little Giants style movie where they have to form a, a football team and they're all these like misfits, but they're like, oh, we need the big misfit, the kid that the listens to weapon. heavy metal, the secret weapon who's we got the, the arm. We need the cutter, right? That's, that's a great, that's, that's good. a good last name. Is the cutter a pitch in baseball? Like, can you throw a cutter? Is that a thing? You could throw a curve. Yeah, and I've like, never you can heard throw of a, a cutter. A, you, you can throw a uh, what is it? A splitter. There's a splitter, yeah. Yeah, so is cutter one? I mean, too? I guess a cutter would be you just throw a knife. <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing cutters out there. <laughs> Careful. He's crazy. <laughs> he's throwing actual knives out there. <laughs> that would be a good cross sport, knife thrower knife throwers and baseball players. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do those axe throwing things now. We can go to a bar. Yeah, throw take a baseball axe, bat. Which just... is the worst place to have axe oh, they throwing do it at, at a place bars? where they serve alcohol. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's like bars where like instead of horseshoes or something on the patio, they'll have axes that they give to people. <laughs> well, that, Customers only, to... meaning they've been drinking. Was, do you have to sign liability? Like the minute you walk in? Because you know if you start drinking, the first thing you're going to do is say, I want to throw that axe. Yeah, I think you go there with the intention of throwing the axe. Have you ever thrown an axe? Uh, No. The thing about axes is, if you don't hit right, they recoil back at you. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, no one My does. goal would be to throw it from far enough away that it would never be able to, at any angle of its impact, come all the way back to me. You're going to need a bigger patio. It's gonna be, well, it's going to be so far away that I will never hit the target. I would like to throw an You're axe hit and watch Susan. it. <laughs> no, I want to I throw an axe in a field and watch it land lazily like... 12 feet away from me in the grass. The you end. should make ground targets then. Okay. <laughs> yeah! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, some ground targets. You just arc it up in the air and try and hit the ground. This way it okay. can't recoil back at you. It can just hit the ground. Famous last words, David. <laughs> And he said the ground wouldn't make it recoil. It's <laughs> like the rabbit of Carbonarg or whatever. <laughs> Just <laughs> flies across the screen. Oh, so that brings us to... It's coming here, Joe said as the sound grew louder. Suddenly, you know Joe's got his ear on that ground. Oh, it's definitely on the ground. He's feeling the vibrations, the somatics. So suddenly it ceased and they heard shouts in the distance. Then closer... It's Frank, Joe exclaimed. Sing out, everybody. Cue the music. Hello. <laughs> Frank. Help. Help. In here. I thought we were going in unison. Here. Are we still not going here. in unison? Here. <laughs> you, you go low, I'll go high. Turned into a boo? Okay. Whoops. Sorry about that. I would turn into a boo. You booed I think, me. I think because we didn't land in unison. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
So Frank comes in. Uh, before long, a beam of flashlight pierced the cave <sighs> opening. Joe, Jerry, you okay? Uh, back here, Frank. Joe called <laughs> eagerly to his brother. What? I like that voice. That's how, that's how I always do Joe's voice. That's not a... No, no, that was a new feel voice. Like you're I'm laughing telling... at me. That's not. Yeah, that was a new voice. You went back here, Frank. That's <laughs> absolutely not what I did. Dude, that was a cutter voice. Rewind the tape. <laughs> that was a cutter voice. Seconds later, Frank and two young coast guardsmen were cutting the ropes that bound the prisoners. Mister French, uh, cried Frank in recognition. So the gang had you too, a Chet and Biff here. No, his brother replied worriedly, and neither are the bank robbers. All right, Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Um, already the cave was filled with men. Flashlight beams flickered up and down the damp walls. This is where I think, like, you're like for the ambush. Yeah. Maybe not have all the policemen run into this cave that as far as we know, only has one entrance. Yeah. Like maybe leave somebody outside. Don't flood it in. This cave is so small too. You're bringing in a whole squad. Like you're going to be stuffed in there like sardines. Yeah. One stick of dynamite. Boom. (laughs) Boom. boom. You're all dead. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want that. Like if I didn't know this was such a bad book. Yeah. I would worry that like, it's a trap. It's obviously a trap, but it's not. Yeah, that's great uh, Akbar advice, too. It's a trap. You boys all right? Lieutenant Parker demanded. Ooh, we're okay. Joe we're answered. okay, Joe answered. <laughs> but we must go after the robbers. Two of them, Fritz Stark and Pops, were here 20 minutes ago. And Nick Glazer, who drove the getaway car, was here, too. <laughs> I'm loving all the Nick Glazer name drops. Like they just learned the name so that to remember the name, they have to say it as many times as possible. They're the person that you meet at like a, a get together or not a get together, but like a, a social outing where you meet them and they keep saying your name. We're like, Oh, yeah. so David, tell me about yourself, David. And I'm, David Pitt, I'm, how are you, David Pitt? And I was like, I get it. Hey, if you forget my name, I don't care, but you continually saying my name makes me angry. Stop calling me by my name. You are always welcome to ask me my name again. Yeah, you don't have to keep saying it. And they're like, no, no, no. People like when you remember their name. We really don't care. We don't care. Nobody cares. You meet so many people, you're not going to remember their names. Remember my face. Remember my essence. Remember my soul, my spirit. Don't remember my name. It says nothing about me. Remember my rage. Turn into Macho Man. I think that's what you should do is just cut them off of the pass by being so outrageous <laughs> that they that they will never forget you. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like one time I was I had gotten together with some other filmmakers and stuff and like we were having breakfast and then one of them just got up and poured a glass of water <laughs> on his own head and then sat back down and was seemingly shocked that we paused our conversation to look at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, him or it, her. It was uh, it was the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's seared into my memory. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Never I'll forget never that. Forget never forget it. him. I'll never forget him shaking off like a dog <laughs> <laughs> after throwing 
it was in ice water too where I'm like all these chunks of ice just hit him in the head (laughs) this is insane (laughs) that one messed with my brain man because I thought you were (laughs) laughing I thought you were laughing and your laugh turned into multiple laughs is that oh yeah that's the sound mm. of a bottle pour, but that's you frothy. can just imagine that it's <laughs> that's the water a glass pour. of water pouring onto <laughs> someone's head. Oh. <laughs> mm. This apple is delicious. Hello? Okay. Okay, that's plenty. It was only in one ring. That means there was only half a costume in Mr... French. French is. See, you can't remember names. That's why you don't care if people remember your yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Mr. French, Mr. French, Mr. French. I want to see Mr. Sharp. There's Mr. Schwartz who owned the other, the costume shop in Bayport, this town of 30,000, <laughs> has a thriving community of costume shops. Mr. French is one. Yeah, it's hard to Mr. keep them all Schwartz in mind. Is another. Schwartz, yeah. Sh- Schwartz, the French Schwartz. They should combine. Uh, so they go into. What are you doing right now? What is this? They probably spotted the cutter and headed oh, for their wow. boat or the Napoli, said Joe. Quickly, he described the location of the hidden inlet where the Napoli and the robbers' stolen craft were concealed. Lieutenant Parker immediately dispatched men to the spot. With a 20-minute head start, Joe said, Fritz Starks and the other two probably will get away. Then Jerry pipes up. Jerry hasn't said a word since the cops showed up. Oh, yeah. But Jerry's hopped up, and he says, you know, hey, yeah, they're 20-minute head start, but the cutter could probably pick them up easily. This looks like a job for (laughs) cutter. The best thing is, the cutter is a boat, too. So just out there, you hear these tires squeal anytime the boat turns. I'm burning nautical rubber, baby. You should really get the engine looked at. That is not the sound it should be The problem is, their their entire bottom portion of the boat is made out of live dolphins. So (laughs) they turn... It's just I, the rubbery skin glazing the water. Mixed with their own squeaks that a dolphin makes. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I wish I had that queued up. Tire <coughs> screech with dolphin uh, symphony. Hey, I'll have to record some sounds for you. We'll mix them. Yeah, we'll make our own noises. Yeah. Oh, actually, and now that I have this, Kamish also sent me a bunch of stingers. Oh. Like just him sort of saying some things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that I will add to the soundboard. We can throw those in. I love that. Oh, I cannot uh, wait. But so they decide to search the cave. Um, they feel a breeze. Yes. Which means that there might be another entrance to the cave. Uh, and so they find this tunnel behind a flap of burlap or something. And uh, yeah, and a, long, Frank- a long rock passage was revealed. Come on, Joe exclaimed. Let's go. As Joe stepped forward, Chief Colleague clamped a hand on his shoulder. Pause. Hold it. So I imagine he legitimately walks around with severed hands and he puts them on people's shoulders and just pulls out like a pony clamp and just 
gets it right there. Oh, so on it you. wasn't colleague's hand. Yeah, it's it just, just some hand that he carries with him that he clamps. It's like a, a rabbit's foot for good luck. Colleague just gives you human hands. <laughs> it's just got him on his keychain. <laughs> just know that this man is here with you in spirit. This is. For whatever reason, I always put on handcuffs too tight, and I just find these things around the jail. <laughs> so I give him out his Christmas gifts. He's got a whole disposable bin of hands, and they're all oh, blue the from cut-off circulation. <laughs> this is so dark. Oh, Colic. So, yeah. what are you going to do with that extra hand? <laughs> Uh, hold it juicy hand the chief ordered let the armed men go first those crooks are desperate and won't hesitate to use their guns reluctantly all three boys heeded the order well at least they heeded well what i was going to say is this seems like a classic place to be like hold it boys these guys won't hesitate to use their guns you better take ours (laughs) you guys go ahead here this is the this is the part you squeeze to make the bad guys go bye bye. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, I love that. And you're right. In true Hardy Boys fashion, they did this wrong. This is the first time that they actually made a wise decision, and it should be picked apart. Yeah, this is that time for like, hey, lock and load. Oh crap! I thought I had. In a world okay, where guns don't. <laughs> don't sound like they normally do. Papa Booey, Papa Booey. So, yeah, they let the uh, the police officers go first, thank goodness. And uh, at Colleague's signal, Parker drew his service revolver and led the men into the narrow rock corridor. The chief and his two policemen followed, with Frank, Joe, and Jerry impatiently bringing it— <laughs> With Frank, Joe, and Jerry impatiently bringing up the rear. And I love that they're impatient about this. You know they're just squirming and all antsy. and Pushing what? up against the last guy. Like, Stop it. <laughs> Stop You're it. so sweaty. <laughs> how are you so sweaty? It's cold in this cave. How, how, how are your hands at your hips, but a third one is touching my shoulder? <laughs> oh, that was colleagues. <laughs> hey, you guys going to finish that hand? <laughs> Colleagues are creepy. I was just standing around (laughs) chewing on hands. Howdy, boys. (laughs) What an awful sound effect. I I think I got this perp fingered. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So uh, the narrow passage twisted and turned. Only one sound, one kind of sound could be heard, the heavy breathing of the pursuers. <laughs> Suddenly there came an ear-splitting crack, a gunshot from up front. Halt! Lieutenant Parker's voice rang out. Do not return fire! The file of men flattened against the rocks, and the boys craned to see what was happening. Does that mean their necks just got, like insanely long no i'd like to think that they found a crane that they're operating with some sort of (laughs) mirror system on it to try to see they craned to see what was happening oh i love that uh and and nice in a chamber at the end of the passage their hands tied stood chet and biff 
There's your mm. there's your cue for your your, your clapping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Behind them were Stark and Pops, a cloud of gun smoke above them. Though the two men were using the captives as shields, the situation was desperate. Frank, Joe, and Jerry were jubilant. They had found their missing chums, which makes me so happy that they find their friends, guns to their heads, crying, snot running from their noses, wailing like babies. Like, Pure desperation. Yeah. Hey, Just guys. Cheering. They're it's still us. antsy behind everyone, too, trying to push through. Like two kids trying to get on stage at a Zeppelin concert or something. Just like, it's us. Guys, we're here. We're here. Or Frank, Joe, and Jerry are just so desensitized that they push past the cops. They're like, no, this is probably one of Chet's pranks. He's always <laughs> doing these pranks. <laughs> I bet Shh. there's no bullets in that gun. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I don't think oh, I have a man. gun sound. Whoa! What was that? That was like a cannon. This is an explosion, yeah. This summer, Joe Hardy is... Hand to God. (laughs) Uh, So Stark and Pops got in there somehow. Um, And uh, so Frank, Jerry... Uh, and Joe back out of the tunnel, and they decide to go outside, find a, find this back entrance that Starks and Pop went in to get uh, to Frank and or to, to get to Chet and Biff. Uh, and so hastily in the gathering twilight, the boys examined the irregular face of the bluff. Suddenly, Frank pointed to a dark crack in the rock. As they neared it, a man's figure loomed in the opening. Without hesitation, the three boys hurled themselves on the man and bore him to the ground. He hit with a thud. The fight knocked out of him. It's Nick Glazer, Joe whispered. Back to Yeah, whispering. we remember his name, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe. We needed to hear that. Also, you just knocked him out. Why are you whispering? And why do they use first and last? Like, at this point, you can just say, like, it's Nick or it's Glazer, and yeah. everyone's going to know what it's you're talking the about. driver. Like, it's Nick. Nick who? Glazer. Glazer, he said in a rapid whisper. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, there it is. So uh, Joe whispered and wiped off the man's belt and bound his arms securely with it. I'm sorry, whipped. I was say whipped wiped. off the man's belt. That's my fault there. Okay, Jerry replied. I'll watch him. Don't worry. He won't get away. Which I thought, Jerry's falling asleep. Like, this is going to happen. Yeah, Jerry's being kidnapped. Jerry's going to get... Something's going to happen. We've Um, been in this scene far too many times. But apparently (laughs) that only works with the adults. The children do not sleep. They are nocturnal. Uh, They have a good circadian rhythm. So so they make their way into the the cave where the man had emerged, and uh, Frank groped forward as fast as he dared. They turned out their flashlights, turned off their flashlights. Uh, soon he could make out the yellow glare of the rescuers' flashlights and the backs of Pops and Fritz Stark standing behind Biff and Chet. For the last time, I tell you, throw down your guns if you don't want these kids hurt. Without pausing, 
Frank and Joe charged forward, and together they let drive with two bruising tackles. Mm. I don't quite get the structure of that sentence. They a let bruising drive tackle? with two bruising tackles. Yeah, they let it drive. They got in a car. <laughs> you know, they, they, they hit the acceleration. They drove and uh, gave a bruising tackle. The people were black and blue when they were done with them. The fight knocked out of them. Fight knocked out of them, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. This action is written terribly. The and ambush they is made awful. A meal the name out of, of your chapter is the worst. Yeah. It's called the they, ambush, and the ambush is the worst part. They could have had so much more fun with this, but instead we got like four pages of Mr. French talking about having to sell a radio, and we <laughs> yeah. get two paragraphs of they're pointing guns at us, and then Frank and Joe have tackled them. Yeah, an entire chapter of them trying to remember Nick Glazer's name. The revolvers flew from their hands, and the men landed dazed on the floor of the cave. Nice. The police and seamen were upon them in a second. Frank, Joe, (laughs) cried Chet, overjoyed. As soon as his hands were untied, the stout boy grabbed his pals and hugged them in excitement. And I thought, we haven't heard from Chet in a book. It's been this whole book since he was kidnapped. And the first thing they do to him is remind us, as soon as his hands were untied, the stout boy grabbed his pet. So he's been starved in this (laughs) cave for a week and they're still, yeah, he's he's hungry, of course, but didn't lose any weight. I'm going to be honest. I was upset because, yes, we haven't heard from Chet the majority of this book. And the first time he shows up, he doesn't say, when's lunch? There's something. There it is. Yeah, I like this. So I was taking a drink of water. I uh, I almost missed that cue completely. <laughs> but no, we get. Where's oof. my meatballs? <laughs> I hey, that's <laughs> my line. <laughs> Jumping catfish. Yeah! <laughs> oh, old, old Biff Hooper tries it out too, and he's just like. That's a rascal. <laughs> Colic. Stop it, man. Oh. So uh, so they explained what happened, and uh, they wrote fake postcards, and they didn't think it would work anyway, and, uh, and they took him to Shantytown, and then There's they took him. There's a whole odd thing, too, where they're talking about, oh, yeah, so they took him to Shantytown where they found out that they accidentally got the wrong people. And then they start talking about the masks. And Frank was like, yeah, we, we found yours because the robbers were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. if they find the mask, they're going to think that they drowned. So this is a good thing. And uh, Frank goes, we found yours. And Biff just says, because it was made of rubber. Mine was only in paper. So it was lost, which is the greatest line ever. <laughs> It's such a weird thing. Like He's slightly upset. Like, you know, you guys paid Chet a little bit with the money that you got from the tower treasure. I didn't get anything. My mask I, is made out of paper. Also, if he had got his, he got his costume also from Mr. French, I assume. Oh, yeah. How is Mr. French sleeping <laughs> a night knowing that he's renting a paper mask? <laughs> And That's I'm sorry, since it's, uh, since it's not being returned, and even if it was, it'd be extensive water damage, <laughs> I got to keep you a deposit. <laughs> These paper masks don't grow on trees. 
right there. That's yeah. that's highbrow. That's highbrow. Yeah, because yeah, uh, paper it, it comes from trees. That was the joke. That was the joke. Because that's 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 where you know that's where paper comes from. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so they finished saying the last things uh, about how they found everything, and then uh, do you know where the loot is? And uh, I bet it's right here. I noticed loose earth the first day, <laughs> uh, and so there's canvas sacks. Uh, immediately, Frank and Joe, aided by the two policemen, began to scoop away the earth with pocket knives and their bare hands. <laughs> and know? I just thought somebody's getting stabbed. Yeah, I just wrote absolutely. They they're just stabbing the ground at this point. You're not doing anything except for stabbing the ground. You're better and, off and just going Joe's over to Kyle and saying, can it. I borrow one of those hands that you carry in your <laughs> satchel? Guys, <laughs> dig with these. <laughs> Shovel hands. Now, one it's more thing. A, they Someone grabs a branch, it breaks it off, and slams at one of those severed hands. <laughs> it starts <laughs> shoveling with it. Hey, work smart, not hard. That's what I say. <laughs> These are the best shovel. These are the best shovels. <laughs> Hands they don't make them down. like this anymore. <laughs> 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 now, one more thing. Let's search for the rest of the Yokohama radios because we remember we shoehorned in another storyline about Yokohama radios for some reason in this whole kidnapping, bank robbery, shantytown <laughs> fighting. It's mystery that we have just cobbled together somehow. Oh, oh they're no. right over here. Biff volunteered, immediately resolving any mystery. Chet and I have been tied up to them the whole time. Uh, so it's oh, so sad. They, uh, they're all, do they leave? Yeah, they leave. Yeah. Um, and uh, when they get to the dock, Morton and Hooper families were out on the pier to embrace their sons. It's like the end of the Goonies, essentially. Yeah, Fenton Hardy, too, came forward to congratulate Frank and Joe and their chums, Which, although not hug any of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I love this. All the other parents are just so happy to see their children. And, and Mr. Hardy's like, no, nah, I'll give them a handshake, but that's it. Good catch, boys. Now, cl- now clean your boat. There's <laughs> broken glass all over the boat. What are you boys doing in there? Your dolphins are going to get scraped up. If you don't take care of your boat, I'm going to take it away. Yeah, yeah. Stop drinking fizzle soda. <laughs> Which was also another reveal somewhere in here where they they ask why. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. We'll yeah, get there. We'll yeah. get, that's at the end. I thought we yeah, skipped so, over it. But uh, no, that's how they honestly end this. This is terrible. So a fine job, he said. And you'll be glad to hear, he went on. By the way... The, the narrator does not need to... So the, the, this whole paragraph of Fenton Hardy says, a fine job, he said, and you'll be glad to hear, he went on, <laughs> that the bank robbery ring had been put out of business nationally as well as... Look, you didn't have to put he went on. You could just say a fine job, and you'll be glad to hear that the bank robbery ring had been put out of... <laughs> I wonder what the thought process behind that was. That's and put it in a few point. more times. You'll be glad to fu- you'll be glad to hear, he went on, that the bank robbery, he went on, ring had been put out of, he went on, business nationally as well as, he went on, locally. <laughs> it's like the and then scene. <laughs> and no went on. Car. And he went on, and then it all seems too easy. I also mixed in Wayne's World there. It's fine. So we'll uh, help. 
Uh, <laughs> we got a great cheer after he says that the leader's arrest this afternoon at the secret hideout in California clinched matters. A cheer yeah! arose. Yes! Thank you. That's the whole group. <laughs> a full minute of celebration <laughs> as his Hardy Boys convention. Yeah. yeah. So nodding modestly because Mr. Hardy will not smile. Uh, he explained the wa- the I said the wabos the robbers were rounded up here. Uh, I'm sorry. The robbers we rounded up here talked, hoping for clemency. So that made the job simple. Yeah, awesome. They ratted them out. Yeah, rolled over instantly. Yeah, but I I wanted a thing here of like you know hoping for clemency, which we're not gonna give them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rapid whisper. <laughs> the only Rated thing you're R. gonna hear, he's got. That's what it is. He's got an Uzi with a silencer, nice. so he just shoots out rapid whispers. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a so, little secret for you. A little sweet pickle. That's that's. That was the rapid good. whisper. Thank you. For a moment, the Hardys were silent, wondering how soon another case might come their way. Guys, because of you, your friends were just kidnapped. <laughs> Maybe be a little less eager. Yeah. Maybe find out some way to thank Chet and Biff for for their how help in all this. Make sure they're fine. I mean, I've seen the end of Captain Phillips. In situations like this, you bring in paramedics and they say, sir, are you all right? And then Tom Hanks starts crying and it's this heartbreaking performance. That's what you do. You got Captain Phillips, these boys. Right? Yeah. Come because, on. Because the same thing when Joe took over for the Coast Guard, or when Frank took over the Coast Guard uh, in the last chapter, that was a classic, I am the captain now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Man, Captain Phillips really relates to the Hardy Boys books. Never seen it. Oh, well, it's great. You should watch it. Great performance. I, I, I mean, I, I'm aware of what it is. Yeah. I just haven't watched it. It's a good one. Uh, there's one question I'd like to have answered, Joe said, coming back to the present. Where was he? Was he just in the future? Yeah, they were uh, wondering silently how soon another case might come their way. Oh, and yeah. So they were Joe in the future back. plugging, hunting for the hidden gold. Who were Stark and Morin waiting for on the pier that night Dad trailed them? For Pops, Lieutenant Daly replied. He was supposed to meet them there in a small boat and help pull off another theft. This time, valuable radios from Germany. Pat Muster chortled. But the weather was uncertain, and the big, bold bandit said he was afraid to make up the trip. One last question, Frank spoke up. Why was Pops called Pops anyhow? Because he drinks soda pop all the time, replied Chet. His favorite is some stuff named Fizzle. I wonder, said Joe with a grin, if he'll be served any Fizzle in jail. When I read this, that that alone right there was what made me want to have a sitcom theme ending for the show and go through the trouble of getting this software and everything 
just yeah. to make that. It's such a lame, like, I wonder if he'll be served any fizzle in jail. <laughs> Cue credits. You are so right. And it's the worst ending, yet the best ending ever. I love bad one-liners. Oh, nice. You didn't know if you wanted to go with Seinfeld or Curb, so you did I wanted both. to go Seinfeld because it has the, the I feel like, the better punchline to it. And the yeah. Curb is sort of reserved for a folly. Yeah, I, I agree I suppose with that. Curb would be good after whatever rhyme <laughs> we, oh, we come yeah. up with. Well, that would be a good spot for the Curb. Who's in charge of that, thing. by the way, for this? Is it me? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't care. Uh, it's David. Me. Sean. Book four, season four, in the bag. In we've the got, bag, baby. We've got a comparison between this and what I'm sure is an absolutely atrocious original. You, do you got anything else, man? What's next for you? Oh, man. I guess next is figuring out this live show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have... Which... We have a week and two days. We have a week and two days to figure it out. I have no thoughts at all, and it will probably be like a one-act, ten-minute thing. Or not. Yeah. Maybe this is the best one we do because we thrive under pressure. Yeah, probably not. Probably not, no. <laughs> but we will see. We will definitely see. Sean, what about you? Are you going to take a nice, uh, relaxing week and two days off? Uh, I think so. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna read some some other books. Nice. I'm reading I'm reading a book you might like. Uh, I like not, books. It is not in here. Uh, it is a book called How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell, and it is one of the most challenging books I've ever read. It is so complicated in its sentence structure and syntax that it takes me a little while. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's not as simple as it sounds. It's not really about how to do nothing, um, but what is it about? How, is it about relaxing your mind? It's about how to find a balance in the world between tuning out some of the nonsense that is peddled to us by large media companies and social media and all these things mm -hmm. that are vying for our attention without just completely retreating and saying like, well, I'm not going to be a part of anything, like finding that balance. I like that. Uh, and uh, and so I've just finished chapter two. I've got a long way to go, but even the first two chapters have been incredible. And yes, we are paid handsomely for this endorsement. <laughs> so much money. I wish I had a cash register sound. <laughs> just... <laughs> in That's any movie now, sound. in any movie where I hear like that sound, like clearly well mic'd, like by the Foley or whatever, I'm just going to picture the Foley artist chewing on a hand <laughs> into the microphone. Well, you know, Sean. Yes, I David. Hope <laughs> there are a few hands that can receive some sort of chew when we get to the book comparisons that are the old versus new I don't know why I wouldn't just let this whole thing play out yeah I think you should I mean how long is it 
Uh, nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is like the, the end credit we're talking over. This is the blooper reel. He ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. <laughs> yeah, sing down. Let's do a highlight reel of our best bits from this season. That would be fun. I feel yeah. like it would be very no, short, let's just, though. Let's just do it right now. To the music. Beachcomber disguises. I mean, come on. <laughs> 